Okay, so hi everyone. Um, we're looking at Amos 6 today. We're carrying on with our, um, our series through Amos. We're up to chapter 6. Um, if you've got a Bible on your phone or a physical one, um, it would be good to have that out because um, I'm going to get you to do a little bit of work uh, today, okay? Um, but if you haven't got one, don't worry, that's fine. We can. The passage will be up on the screen as well. So um, let's start by... I'm going to pray and then we'll read the chapter, it's the whole chapter, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Father, I pray that, yeah, you would just, um, you would open our hearts and our ears to hear what you want us to hear through your word this morning. We thank you for your word, Lord. Amen. Okay, so chapter six. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria. You notable men of the foremost nation to whom the people of Israel come. Go to Kalna and look at it. Go from there to Great Hamath and then go down to Gath in Philistia. Are they better off than your two kingdoms? Is their land larger than yours? You put off the evil day and bring near a reign of terror. You lie on beds inlaid with ivory and lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your harps like David and improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful and use the finest lotions, but you do not grieve over the ruin of jo Joseph. Therefore, you will be among the first to go into exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. The sovereign Lord has sworn by himself. The Lord God Almighty declares, I abhor the pride of Jacob and detest his fortresses. I will deliver up the city and everything in it. If ten men are left in one house, they too will die. And if a relative who is to burn the bodies come to carry them out of the house and asks anyone still hiding there, is anyone with you? And he says no, then he will say, hush, we must not mention the name of the Lord. For the Lord has given the command and he will smash the great house into pieces and the small house into bits. Do horses run on the rocky crags? Does one plough there with oxen? But you have turned justice into poison and the fruit of righteousness into bitterness. You who rejoice in the conquest of Lodibar and say, did we not take our name by our own strength? For the Lord God Almighty declares, I will stir up a nation against you, O house of Israel, that will oppress you all the way from Nebo Hamath to the valley of the Arabah. Okay, <laughs> it's quite a lot there, isn't there? Um, Sam, if you want to put the PowerPoint um, up now, that would be great. So as we, uh, it feels like the whole book of, of Amos, sorry, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> um, it feels like the whole book of Amos has been uh, really just talking about this same message, really, of pride. It was interesting that Marv picked up on that earlier. Um, pride and complacency, and the challenge about that continues in this chapter. So just to give a, a bit of an introduction overview, Sam, if you want to go to the next slide. Um, what we've got here is um, we've got basically that Amos is looking at how Israel and Judah, so he's looking at the two together. By this point, they'd split, but originally that was all God's people, you know. So he's looking at their attitudes, their complacency and their pride. Two weeks ago, Stu um, really focused in on um, the fact that they were going to places of worship, 
seeking worship rather than seeking God. So it was about, you know, not looking at God. This passage, I would say, is actually more about not looking outwards. Um, so they're coming, they're worshipping, they're doing all these things, um, but they are ignoring everyone out there, the needy, and uh, therefore God eventually decides to ignore their needs, if you see what I mean. So there's a judgment coming. So the result will be, and the end of the chapter is about how they, there will be a downfall. And what happened was Assyria eventually came and um, conquered them and they went into exile. So that is the judgment that he's warning them about um, because he is challenging them that they're disassociating from human need. So let's look a little bit more detail. <clears throat> we're going to look at just the first half of the chapter, really. Um, and we, I want to kind of dig in a little bit to what exactly is it that they're doing that offends God so much, okay? So in little groups, so if you're on a long... Um, row just you can maybe half but basically just gather around a few people near you okay and I want you to if you don't know the people near you then first of all introduce yourselves okay um, and then I want you to look at verses one to six I don't know if, it, if it's not possible Sam then don't worry but if you can get one to six back up there and come out of the powerpoint that would be amazing if not don't worry um, so have a look at verses 1 to 6 and just discuss in your group what kind of things is it that God is picking them up on? What is it that they're doing wrong? Okay? Go for it. Right, let's look and see then if you got some of the same things that I got. So um, thank you, Sam. If you can go back into the PowerPoint um, to the first picture... Okay, so the first one that I, I don't know if you, I know that's a bit small. The first one that I um, got, which is the slightly, um, slightly more subtle one, is uh, pride and complacency in city living. Now, I get this because in verse 1, they're talking specifically to those who are complacent in Zion and those who feel secure on Mount Samaria. And those were the two capitals of the two nations. So it's that sense that he's talking directly to the people who are living in those capital cities, in those big places, and that they're complacent in that, and that they're secure in their city living. Now, I'm not saying that he, um, those of us, we live in a city, clearly, um, and that there's anything you know, wrong with that or anything like that. I think it's probably more about things like, in our day and age, maybe government policy that, doesn't, uh, that marginalises people who you know, are rural and don't have... Um, you know, transport links, all that kind of thing. You know, it's that justice thing, isn't it? About in a city, you might have loads of resources and things, and that might not be the case in other places. So there can be a pride and a complacency that comes about where you live. Okay, next one, Sam, um, I had was reputation. So pride and complacency and reputation. So in verse one still, again, it says, you notable men of the foremost nation, to whom the people of Israel come. They, they had a reputation. They, um, they knew it. They, they were notable. And, you know, we can all relate to that, can't we? That uh, we like to have a good reputation. And, and um, well, I'll come back to the point later that none of these things are wrong per se in themselves. But there is a pride and a complacency that can come 
from having a really good reputation. Yeah. Uh, the next one we had was um, comparison, I think. Um, and I know that some, I know you guys had that, I think. Um, so he's talking then about go to Kalma and look at it, go from there to Great Hamath, go down to Gath. Are they better off than your two kingdoms? Is their land larger than yours? There was a sense that they were looking around at other places, places that had already um, had war or you know problem, and it was coming their way. But there was a sort of um, you know comparison, and at the moment they were sitting pretty, and that was all fine. And reputation, um, sorry, comparison is a is a massive thing for our culture, isn't it? It just goes with all the social media side of things. Um, you know, when you've got any kind of social media, that can easily lead you into, into comparison, into looking at what other people are doing and what their, what their lives look like and all that kind of stuff. So there's comparison. Okay, then we get into a bit more nitty gritty. So the next one is um, feasting, selfish feasting and gluttony. Um, he says, you uh, dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. So um, there was that sense of they were happily feasting away, but uh, the people around them, the people in their own communities, were needy and hungry. Okay, next one. Selfish lounging and laziness. It's hard. I don't. I don't want to be bad on this guy. He's just chilling in his garden. <laughs> He's just trying to find a find a picture. Um, but yeah, the verse is verse four. You lie on beds inlaid with ivory and lounge on your couches. Um, there's that sort of uh, selfish kind of uh, lying back and doing nothing. Okay, next one. Excess and drunkenness. Now this probably seemed a bit more like, you know, what you'd expect to see in a list from God of things they were doing wrong. Um, you drink wine by the bowlful. Um, and uh, it goes on to say, but you don't grieve over the ruin of, of Joseph. So um, they're, they're happily drinking away, having excess food, drink, etc. Next one, Sam. Having the best and vanity. Um, you use the finest lotions. Now, um, I don't know exactly a lot about the, lotion, the kind of cosmetics and lotions of that era. Um, but one of the commentaries I was reading kept referring to deodorant. And I guess they didn't have deodorant like we have deodorant. So lotions and things like that was probably to do with just smelling nice and, you know, looking nice and that kind of thing. Um, but God's picked up on that. And then the la I left it till last, uh, the last picture, because this is the most surprising one, I think. Um, verse 5, you strum away on your harps like David and improvise on musical instruments. Now, David was, you know, the king of Israel. He was a good man. He was a man after God's own heart. And yet, um, this is kind of in a list of criticisms here. So, um, so why is that? And I think, um, as I said, there is worship without regard for the suffering. So, with all of these things that we've mentioned, you know, living in a city is not bad in itself. Having a good reputation is a good thing. God would want us to have a good reputation, and, and tells us to. Um, comparison. Well, yeah, we can see the problem with that. Feasting, I mean, God instructs his people to feast. Feasting in, of, in and of itself is not wrong. Um, rest, God gave us the Sabbath. He gave us rest. Rest is a good thing. Um, drinking, I mean, the New Testament shows that, um, that there's no issue with alcohol per se, although with drunkenness there is. 
and lotions and potions and things like that will it's, it's okay to want to smell nice so someone can bear to sit next to you <laughs> um, and then worship and worship is worship you know so why why are these things all picked out well it's to do with the fact that all of this was happening without a backdrop of care for others and therefore they became abhorrent to God. So just like two weeks ago when Stu was talking about them going to worship at special worship places, worship itself obviously is not a wrong, bad thing, but when we're doing it with wrong motive, that's when it can be, well, then it is abhorrent to God. So um, it's a real challenge, these things, because it's about not the things themselves, but the heart with which we do them. And whereas um, we were challenged before about looking up to God rather than into just here, um, today I think we're being challenged to look not just into here, but out there to where there is, um, you know, there might be or there is suffering and, and need and all these things. And if we are doing all these lovely things, feasting together, worshipping, um, all that stuff, if we're doing that without care towards others, then we, we're in danger of being abhorrent to God. Okay, next slide, please, Sam. So um, I just wanted to read a quote from the, the main commentator that I've been looking at on this. So Mocha is the guy, and he says, these people were sincere, but it was a sincere belief in a God of their own devising. Their ceremonies were largely as God commanded, but... They treated the ceremonies as an end in themselves, done in and for the inherent automatic benefits achieved by the act. They divorced the ceremonies from their God-intended context of a life of moral obedience, righteous principle, and just conduct. Sincerity overrode theology, which means who God really is, and ceremony obscured ethics. Their religion was self-pleasing, and God would bring a, re a retribution. But I don't know about you, but I was really challenged <laughs> doing this. Um, God cares about justice. He does. It's like, it's not just, it's one of our values, but it's not just like one thing off there to the side like we tick. His heart is utterly for justice because it's love and that's the root of justice. And we cannot... Uh, come and have a nice party every Sunday and ignore the needs of people. Whether well, it might be people within our gathering or people outside, it doesn't matter. It's not about us and them, but it's about whether we're being selfish and prideful and complacent or whether our eyes are open to what people need. So the main verse, I would say, um, if you can have the next one, Sam, is um, verse 7 and 8. Therefore, you will be among the first to go into exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. The sovereign Lord has sworn by himself. The Lord God Almighty declares, I abhor the pride of Jacob. So, challenge then. Challenge to us. Challenge to Woody. Uh, next one, Sam, please. Um, so, firstly, the challenge starts actually with the leaders because at the, in verse 1, they're talking to the notable men of the foremost nation. And notable means um, named, you know, well-known people. 
And so that is really read as the leaders of Israel. So, you know, it applies to the elders <laughs> first. Um, I don't, it's not, um, I'm not saying this to you as if I'm sorted. It applies to me first. But it does apply to all of us. So going on to the next slide then. Um, the challenge to all of us, that's, sorry, that's quite small. Um, firstly, never be content with things as they are. We mustn't get settled. In every human arrangement, there will be sin and error because we're human. And, uh, you know, so we can look at, oh, we've changed up Sunday mornings and so on, but it's not like that's fine and done and it's perfect because we're, it, we're human still and it will still have error and all that kind of thing. And it just actually, at Elders this week, we reviewed stuff again um, because we want to be constantly just checking, checking where we are. Are we where God wants us to be um, and so on? We can't be complacent and just think, right, that's, that's it, we're done now. Secondly, the welfare of the fellowship must take priority over self-pampering. Now, obviously, godly self-care is absolutely vital for equipping us, and you know I'm a big fan of that. Um, I have my soul days, so I take a day out, I go and spend time with God, I have a lion, Justin looks after the kids, etc. That's really important. I couldn't do eldering without that. But there's absolutely a place for self-care, but that's different to kind of um, ungodly self-concern, which blinds us to the needs of others. So that's our biggest challenge, I think, from this morning. And thirdly, just to desire the peace of daily harmonious relationships and to desire a lack of pride before God. James 4, verse 6 says, God opposes the proud. Please, God, don't let us be in that place. So as we come to communion now, that's a, it's a, an absolutely kind of right time, really, to just take a few moments to reflect on what we've said this morning and just let that challenge sit with you. And I can't begin to tell you how God might challenge you, but because um, that's individual, isn't it? But I trust that he will, you know, if necessary, convict each of us on things, bring to mind things if we're open, or just... All of us can go before him and say, please help me not to be proud and complacent. So let's just spend a bit of time now in quiet and Marvel lead us in communion, but we'll just have that, that reflection time first. And then we come to the cross, we come to the table, knowing that, thank Jesus, we are forgiven, that there is big challenge here, but we stand in grace, we are forgiven. We come towards him now and say, we're sorry that we do uh, do do these things and uh, help us not to but thank you Jesus for the cross Amen I think I'll leave that there <laughs>